Shalom, friends. I'm here with my colleague, Eddie Chavez Calderon here, and we are excited to partner today with the Jews of Color Initiative, who works to build a truly multiracial, anti-racist Jewish community in which Jews of color can experience joy and reach their full potential and belonging as leaders and community members. To do so requires creating structural and communal support for Jews of color and expanding the field of knowledge about our, about our community. The Jews of Color Initiative works to bring about these systemic changes through three key areas, grant making, research, and community education. And we're delighted to be here with uh, the amazing leader uh, of this organization, Alana Kaufman, who is the executive director of the Jews of Color Initiative. Her work sits at the center of Jewish community, racial equity, and justice, and is anchored by the voices and experiences of Jews of color. Alana is passionate about all things at the intersection of Jewish community, racial justice, Jews of color, education, and philanthropy. She has been a guest on NPR's All Things Considered and Code Switch. She has pieces featured in eJewish Philanthropy and the Foundation Review. And she gave an Eli talk titled Who Counts? Race and the Jewish Future, which has over 36,000 views. Ilano has previously the Public Affairs and Civic Engagement Director for the San Francisco Bay Area Jewish Community Relations Council. She is a senior Schusterman Fellow who is always searching Jewish texts for discussion of equity and justice. She received her BA in Sociology from California State University Humboldt and her MA in Educational Pedagogy from Mills College. Alana, thank you so much for connecting again. It's my pleasure. Thank you my so privilege. much. Thank you so much. So, um, so to kind of zoom out to the big picture, I, and I know you could uh, speak about this for a long time. Um, what, what are some of the most exciting areas of progress you're seeing in the Jewish community around this work you're engaged in? And what are some of the most frustrating barriers? I think that's a great question because it has to invite us to have some sort of, of, of baseline, sort of a benchmark of standards about where we started. Um, first, I wanna say that it's important and Yavila McCoy, our amazing colleague and, and educator and leader out there, when we started the Juice of Color Initiative offered a question, which was you have to be able to measure five years from now, are Jews of color really better off than we are now? So, you know, if you if some of the ways we think about progress are communal engagement, opportunities for leadership, resources flowing into, uh, into not only the Jewish community for Jews of color, but Jews of color being in charge of resources and really having authority and influence over their own resources. In 2016, there were something like four or five or six JOC-led organizations in the United States. And now there are something like 35. And if you think about um, programs, projects, efforts, that number goes up to something like 60 or 70 across the US right now. If you think about communal leaders, you know, we've gone from just a handful to dozens and dozens and dozens. Um, if you think about funders and really philanthropic organizations funding JOC specific work when we started, it was something like three or four foundations and now there are 12. Um, if you think about, you know, grant making as a, as a benchmark, when we started funding at the Juice of Color Initiative, our first pilot year, we did 110,000 in grant making. And last year we did just under a million dollars. While those are all data points to suggest progress. The real question is, is there less racism in the Jewish community? Are Jews of color safer to engage in Torah and Jewish communal life? Are we unencumbered by going to, to shul without being profiled along the way? Um, do people stop making assumptions about us? Are our leaders advocating for us? And what I would say is there's definitely more awareness. There are certainly more organizations doing serious work around racial justice and equity 
There are definitely more Jewish leaders of color in positions which have some influence and authority. And Jews of color are highly, highly engaged while we still face racism inside the Jewish community. 80% of Jews of color experience discrimination in Jewish communal organizations. Um, we, you know, we, we, we have leadership that is predominantly white in our communal ecosystem, and we have to see more leaders of color. And so I would, I would say that there's progress, there's evidence of progress, and I'll just end with where I started. Okay, so there are 35 or 45 or 60 Jews of color led and focused efforts or organizations in a sea of thousands and thousands and thousands. And so our progress is real, but the scale has to be understood. Amazing. It's so inspiring to hear how much progress there's been. And yet we can also be inspired by how much more there is to do. That's right. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, so the communal and the societal are always interconnected. And I wonder if we look at these two different goals, one of, um, of Jews of color uh, inclusivity and empowerment right. and leadership. Um, and we look at the broader societal issues around racial equity, racial justice. How do you understand the relationship between those two in, in this work? Yeah, I mean, I love the question. First of all, every experience that people of color are having in the United States, Jews of color have inside the Jewish community. So part of what I want to say is it's just a parallel structure. And I think every Jew of color can tell you our Judaism doesn't somehow protect us from the racism or the xenophobia out there. It doesn't serve as any kind of prophylactic against that kind of hate. And so every experience Black, Brown, Latinx, Asian, Native, uh, uh, multiracial people have in the U.S. in general, Jews of color are having in our own community. What we can see from a societal level is there is a national consciousness. It might be in a direction where there's pushback against progress for racial equity and justice, or it might be in the direction of advancing that progress, but there's a, there's a constant consciousness about it. Um, I don't think there's a constant consciousness about racial injustice in the Jewish community. I think there's awareness of diversity, which is a difference. Um, on a national level, we have come to terms, most people have come to terms with the reality that racism is systemic, that racism is institutionalized, that there are barriers and there are gates that keep people of color, Jews of color, out of communal life. And those are not only held by individual people, but there are institutions that support those kinds of actions and systems that support those kinds of actions. Inside the Jewish community, we're not really talking about kind of transformational change yet. Some people are. We certainly think about it at the Jews of Color Initiative. But the way I, you know, I had a conversation yesterday with somebody, and the way we talked about it is in the Jewish community, I think many people still view are still having conversations about diversity and inclusion when the conversation needs to be about equity, racial equity and justice. And in the Jewish community, I think in a lot of organizations, diversity is like a vertical. Diversity is a thing to do along with other things to do versus racial equity and justice being a conceptual framework that informs and that amplifies everything we do. And that's what we're looking for transformational change. Yeah, so, so, so if we can dive a little messier into some of the potentiality around uh, transformational change. There are many uh, white liberal Jewish leaders who are very well-intentioned and are doing what they can. What are some of the most typical blind spots you see among, uh, among such leaders? I think some of the blind spots are um, focusing on diversity 
rather than inclusion, equity, and justice. So saying, okay, like where do we find a Jewish person of color to join us at this thing or to come, uh, come attend our program? And um, not recognizing that we're in some ways that's an, an approach to tokenizing folks, inviting people because of what they look like versus you know the, the expertise they bring to the conversation. Some of the blind spots are really not understanding that this community of ours in the United States is multiracial. Like right now, this very second, our Jewish community, depending on your age bracket, is somewhere between eight and 20% people of color. Right now in this country, this community is somewhere between 17% and 25% multiracial Jewish communities, right? And every moment in this country, our community becomes more racially diverse and our families become more racially diverse. And so we have to move from a framework that thinks of ourselves as mostly white with some people of color in it to one that really understands this community is multiracial and only becoming more so every single day and how lucky are we? And so we need to focus on transforming into becoming anti-racist and really focusing on racial justice because diversity and inclusion is going to predominate the culture with whiteness. And what we need to do is predominate our culture with multiracialness. And that's going to be a that's a new project for us. So, so uh, to pick up on one of the one of the many important things you said there, um, how how do we highlight Jews of color on the next level without tokenizing them? I Meaning, you talked about moving to, to the to wanting them for expertise rather than um, uh, than than you know than tokenizing. But there's kind of this gray area in there. If we are out there trying specifically to be more inclusive and be more diverse and have more Jews of color uh, highlighted. How do we make that subtle shift? I love that. And I think it's about strategy and it's about intentionality. First, the consciousness is around recognizing that we need more representation of diverse perspectives versus we need a person of color in this thing, in this effort, in this project. But it's about understanding we need more diverse perspectives because we can't see the whole picture. Right, like we're in service to a multiracial community, so we need more expertise. Okay, so we need more expertise. When you need more expertise, you just don't like go out and look for the next person of color you see, right? You don't go to the next morning meeting and like hope you see a person of color in that space. You think to yourself, I need an expert in auditing. I need an, an expert in mergers and acquisitions. I need an expert on program development and management. Who are the colleagues of color I know? We're going to be great at that. And let me invite them into a conversation. So you were in conversation and, and I'm sitting here like as a Jewish person of color, and I'm like, why did Rabbi Shmuley invite me to this thing? And you say to me, Shmuley, you say, Ilana, I want you here because you're an expert in audit committees. And that's kind of true. I love audit committees. I sit on <laughs> audit committee. Um, these are some of the committees. I'm, I would not have known that about you. <laughs> this is the thing, right? And I'd say like, and that to me would be so flattering because you would know what I'm passionate about in terms of like organizational development. You know what my areas of expertise are and I know you really need me. And then when I'm on the audit committee and we're in conversation, we, we, we go into relationship and we move from transactional into relational and that's where we tell each other stories and that's where we build connection and that's where we actually understand how our differences, how they actually have meaning in that context. But if you're reaching for a person of color because they're the only person of color you know, stop yourself. And if you're reaching for a person of color, if you're able to answer the question, what expertise can I tap them for? How can I validate their expert brilliance? That'll tell you that's the right entry into a conversation. So helpful. So helpful. Thank you so much. So last question, I think, um, which is, 
you know, there's all this, um, all this uh, hype in media that's constantly emerging. Yeah. When, um, when there's a high profile person of color from Hollywood or the like, who says something deemed by the, the, the broader Jewish community to be anti-Semitic, yeah. and everyone jumps on it, and then a new backlash of kind of racism potentially emerges in such a moment. What do we do in those moments? How do we, how do we inject our voices in thoughtful, meaningful ways to, um, uh, to prevent that almost inevi inevitable uh, path that seems to keep emerging? Yeah, no, and two, really two particular really. cases that come to mind recently was, you know, around Ice Cube, around Whoopi Goldberg. Those were just two of, of, the, of a number that have emerged in the last few years that seem like they set us back. Right, 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 right. So I think that's a so really, important, a really question. important And I think we need to remember that in general, yeah. all of us are undereducated about right. history, about social science, about culture and humanity. Right next to that, those of us who are Jewish, who are people of color, who are women, who are queer, who are differently abled, get triggered and hurt when people say things that are ignorant. And that ignorance can be anti-Semitic, it can be racist, but it's rooted in, in a lack of understanding. I think we overestimate how much people should know about communities, and, we, and then we become harmed when that overestimation is in connection with somebody who we think we respect, or they have a public profile, or someone who's made us feel comfortable. Number one, we need to we need to own when we get hurt, and when we get hurt, like how do we deal with with, with remedying that pair pain and get repair? That's one piece of that. How can we have that that reality of being harmed, but also look at the person who caused the harm and say, I get why you said that. I don't agree. Like it, you need to make it right. But I get it. The same way Jews say ignorant things about people of color about US history. And I'm just, and I wanted to say like, we all are ignorant about a number of things and we only know what we know based on our formal and, and, and street education. So we need to underestimate what people know. We need to overestimate being kind and sensitive to each other. We need to name if it's racist. We need to name if it's anti-Semitic. We need to speak back to them and say that hurt me. And it was, it was ignorant. It was based on false history. It was based on historical tropes. It was based on these things. And here's how we, can we fix it and make it right. But if we attack people because of that, we're attacking them because we're hurt. And when we attack people, we hurt other people. And that sometimes is expressed in racism. Very powerful. So much more to say, but we wanna be respectful of your time, friends. Please check out and follow the Jews of Color Initiative. Please continue to follow the work very closely, support this work, engage this work. It is so important and it's being done so well by our, our friend and colleague, Alana Coffin. Thank you so much and wishing you so much continued success. Rabbi Shmuley, thank you for all you do for Uri Litzedek and your leadership out there and for the support and the work of Eddie Calderon. Thank you all. I appreciate it.